while taking a waz. A waz. That's the whitest way to say you peeing. Taking a waz. Hey, bro. Taking a waz. <laughs> All right. Okay. Let's get out there. What's going on? Got it for Welcome to another episode of the Grown Ass Man Hip Hop Show. I am your boy Joy Burnham, and I am accompanied by my partner in rhyme, Fred Frio. Yes, this is real. Oh, everything's grande. Hey, nothing is petito. Nothing is petito. Similar, similar to this show, we have a lot of shit to discuss. We're gonna discuss Pusha T versus Steve Harvey. What, what makes, is going on with the world? Which makes no fucking sense to I, me. Just not even much to even say that. I don't even know. Ah, oh boy, I don't like. It's like I told you, this beef thing is getting out of control. It's. I, I think we're at a point where uh, you know, Slash from Guns and Roses, he actually made a statement about mainstream by hip hop. He said hip hop has gotten boring, uh, you know, very generic. Mm-hmm. Unlike back in the day, it's like today's hip hop has gotten very generic, and what and a lot of people got mad when he said that. Now this go, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get back to what the Steve Harvey situation because this is why I feel like all this beef craziness oh. is going on. But the reason why Slash said that is because Rock went through the same thing, right? Rock, Rock went through this thing where Rock was reigning supreme and it was just everywhere you turned around. But then they hit the hit, they hit that hairband stage, and they hit this other stage after that that was just very, like, very clean and very glossy, and it was you know kind of all studio made up and very poppy, right? And then you just saw the whole thing decline, and it took Nirvana and people like that to kind of give it another shot in the arm. You yeah. see what I'm saying? In the middle of what hip hop was rising. Because it that was kind of a back to a DIY. And he was just saying how he loves the fact that now he can just do music that he wants to do outside yeah. of this mainstream. You know, he ain't got to, like, do shit for that trend. This is where I feel like we are in hip-hop right now. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're at a point where hip-hop has reached that pinnacle. It finally, like, after being hated, like, everybody hated hip-hop. Hip-hop was the outside stepchild. R&B hated hip-hop. You know, generations hated hip-hop. Then you got acceptance to some degree and a generation grew up on it now it is the pop standard and you got everybody doing it or relating to it some way and here we are with like I, I we expressed, expressed on the last show where we talked about where rap battling actually came from and where yeah. a lot of battling and shit came from right right well now we got everybody just taking things too far now it's just like I walk into a room and I don't give a dude my chair he's talking about me somewhere and yeah. he's ready to start. He's ready to start something with me, and it's ridiculous. Cause it's, yeah, we know that Pusha T mentioned Steve Harvey, who is a comedian. Yeah, yeah. Set, set it up for us. Set it up. Yeah, Pusha T mentioned Steve Harvey in the story of Adidon, yes. which was the um, answer to Drake's uh, Doopy style, Dopey style, or Doopy style. Uh, yeah. Do- Doopy is a ghost. Doopy. Like, which uh, comes from grime music over in the UK. As you can see, Drake uses a lot of like, he almost Jamaican patois type references mm. and, you know, or African type references when he rhymes. So he kind of uses that a lot. And of course, he takes some of that from the grime style that comes out of the UK okay. and all this other stuff. But this dude basically 
I guess somebody finally told Steve that he was somebody was making yeah, fun finally. of his suits. That's a good point. They finally told him the story of Adidon was is a summer four thing. or five months ago. Yeah, early summer. And he had just a little mention of Steve Harvey and the monkey suits. I don't even quite remember the line, but he did mention Steve Harvey and yeah. the monkey suits. And about his dad wearing them. It was just a exactly, and it was just a small blip on yep. the map in the song. And somebody apparently just recently called him on the phone. Told said, Steve yeah. Harvey, or Steve Harvey heard it himself. It got to Steve Harvey in some shape, form, or fashion. Yeah. And Steve Harvey is on. Um, they're preparing to do the um, family family feud. feud. Yeah. You know, like live on stage, and you know they're sweeping the stage, and you know Steve Harvey is working the crowd, getting the crowd comfortable with the show that's about to happen. This is like before they air it, and. Um, <laughs> And Steve Harvey spits like a little impromptu freestyle. Yeah. Dissing Pusha T. And it was funny. It was, yeah. you know. It's a comedian. That's how the comedian's going to slice at you. You know, fuck and Pusha T. Who is Pusha T? I don't care what a rapper says. I don't care what a singer says. I don't care what a politician says. That kind of got to me a little bit because it sounded like he was suggesting that I don't care what a rapper says, a low life rapper. It seemed like he was trying to say, I don't care what people above rappers say so why would the fuck would i care about what a rapper says like what a scum on the earth or some shit well i mean he's he, he's but playing, i don't want to personalize well you know he's in a you know he's gotta in a, stay there it's, it's, it's a money game so he's playing it you know playing the game that he's in a higher level as an entertainer you see what i'm saying and pusher t is kind of like he looks at pusher t like some kind of like whatever but the fact of the matter is you lost when you answered you lost when you even addressed it you see what i'm saying it's one of those things that if you don't care about it and you're not a rapper it's best to ignore it because you know it's one of those type of things that oh you were saying a loss yeah it's a loss for who steve Steve harvey because you know if you're not a rapper see in the rap game like i said if you care about hip-hop because we talked about this again also in a previous episode we were talking about to hip-hop answering these type of things is important to hip-hop because it's a part of its cultural especially in the mc culture if you're not going back to this shit yes okay frederick if you're not an mc yes yes motherfucker of course we going back got to but if you're not an mc and by uh you know mc being a person that's a wordsmith that actually cares about it and you you're like a um, quick on the draw and you're ready to defend your uh, uh, mc is like a samurai yeah exactly if you're not a samurai you don't live by samurai code exactly so that's it like i don't expect exactly not a lot of samurais out there yeah and then so you got a lot of guys that they try to jump in that world they try to jump in there like oh you diss me let me write some corny little diss song or try to whatever and then get ate up by somebody who's more lyrical or whatever Mm -hmm. and you just like and that's why i don't give points i mean i don't give points for battling some people and then when you get into situations where you got like famous people like when eminem was going at people and stuff and you got like the the rappers that's dissing them I'm like, what does it really even mean? Like, Steve Harvey's making fun of this and stuff, but I'm like, dude, you just, your TV show is being replaced by uh, Kelly Clarkson TV show from American Idol. Oh, you're talking about Steve Harvey's uh, talk yeah, show got talk canceled. Show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you're cussing on, cussing it up on fa- Family Feud before it starts about a rapper. Yeah. Now, I can't tell you what NBC or whoever owns Family Feud is going to do. I don't know who owns Family Feud. What would you call that shit? The pre-taping? Yes. 
That, okay. Yeah, and is you that like the professional term? Yes, yeah, it's, it's a it's a pre taping because you know like if you were out in Hollywood or whatever wherever they do that type of stuff, you could actually go and be in the studio audience yeah. of a show, and then they would they would do the whole pre taping and you could watch them do it. So he's pretty much putting on an act for that crowd. I like. On a side note, I like how Steve Harvey is basically performing stand-up. Yeah. He gets to perform stand-up every single time he does that show. Yep. Before the show even starts to air, before they get into the rigmarole, he gets to do a little stand-up and soften the crowd up for what the show was going to be. Exactly. But anyway, back to what we were saying, though. I think it's a good look for Pusha T because it puts his name in the mind of a bigger crowd, that Family Feud crowd, a crowd that he probably would have never even had access to before the Drake did so before anything yeah so this is a good look for Pusha T and it's just good comedy for Steve Harvey so I I, I, I like the the tongue-in-cheek comedy of it is it something I take serious nah yeah Do I think anybody yeah. won or that anybody lost no it just is what it is it's yeah. just a little funny blip yeah. in 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 rap and the, time and you know yeah. I, I have fun with it and I enjoy it from that point it's just a weird cultural thing to me i'm just like you, i told you the other day it's like it just feels like everything's going crazy with all of this um you know clout wwe shit yeah it's just weird man it's just i like i i'm a person i just want some i just would like to just relax with some hip-hop that's it I'm speaking tired. speaking of wwe shit let's talk about the most wwe heel Mark of all time with Joe Button. Yeah. And Sci High the Prince. Sci High the Prince. Yeah, man. Um, so here it is, folks. Sci High the Prince did a Bar Wars team backpack cipher with a bunch of other rappers that were dope. But we're just gonna get to the point. Sci High spits this amazing people call it a freestyle, but he wrote the shit. But anyway, Sci High spits this amazing verse. And in this verse, he challenges subliminally. It seems as if he's challenging Joe Button to a 500 or any other MC to a 500K battle. So Joe Button comes back on episode 183 of his podcast and he answers back by saying something to the effect of, I'll destroy you in the battle. I'll, I'll, you know, do this and I'll do that. But bottom line, I got the money to put up for this 500k battle. You don't have the money to put up. I'll beat you anyway. So it's some shit going back and forth. Started by Sahai the Prince. Maybe even started by Joe Budden. Because I think this this thing has legs going back a little further than what I um know. But anyway, I digress. My point is, Sahai the Prince came at Joe Budden. 500k battle. What you think about that battle if it possibly happens and who can win? Of course, you know, I, I'm in this one. I've got to ride with Sai High because after because you're from Chicago. Well, you know, that, you know, uh-huh. obviously, yeah, we were talking about conf- confirmation bias. Yes. Nigga. Yeah, we have to do it. We have to do it. <laughs> uh, I'm going to honestly get that, that nigga. Yeah. Fred looked me in the eye like, yeah, yeah, yeah. fuck, fuck you expect. Yeah, yeah that's, that's it, man. Got to roll. Got to roll. Yeah, he ain't. Let's root, root, for, root for the Cubbies, man. <laughs> Got to go for the Cubbies. Yes, sir. The Bears. Yes. What's the little joke? Yes. The little SNL joke. The Bears. The Bears. Who have Jordan Howard uh, from UAB. So. We got down. Yeah. Hey, hey, we don't play games. We don't play any fucking exactly. games. Exactly. But one thing I would actually 
look at is I would say it's side high because if you see the last battle with Joe Button that they did that was um, tape. Who was that he was battling? Was it Mert? Uh, You're talking about Total Slaughter. Total Slaughter. Put together by Eminem and his team. And it was And he was battling Hollow the Don. Hollow, Hollow the Don versus Joe Button. And Joe Button had some good lyrics. But overall, he didn't battle rap. And see, that's what that's my. He performed. Yeah. He was a good performer for the crowd. Yeah. But what he was doing didn't translate to battle rap. Yeah. It yeah. ain't about his lyrics because I think his lyrics are battle rap lyrics. Yeah. But his energy, his performance, and the way he kind of physically and mentally approached it didn't fit the battle rap stage and hollow the don just you know did what hollow the don does with most battle rappers and he mopped the fucking floor with them and th- and that's you know and that's kind of like where i look at it i feel like on wax joe could make it interesting but uh, how the prince will hollow the don his ass you know pretty much i'm looking at it like that but i would have to see it actually play out because really yeah, you never know really it's all prediction these, yeah because uh yeah because with these two type of mcs you got two mcs that are high level high caliber um, I'd have to see, and I'm gonna go into who actually does like MGK that actually does research on there or whatever and put something to it, mm. put something to it to, 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 to make strike a blow at the person. If you're not gonna do that, if you're just gonna threaten him for a couple minutes, it, you know, you can hit him with some clever threats, like you know, I you know, it, it, that'll be good. I'll give you points for hitting him with clever threats, uh, and you know, and pretty much talking about how much more money you got or. How you done this? I, I give you so much. I even throw you a little couple gun bars. You can have a couple gun bars. Yeah. But give me something that tell me why you really don't like the guy that I can latch on to. Give me a piece of that dozens game that I can really latch on to, and I'll give you the crown when it mm-hmm. comes to that battle. And that's what I would be looking for. The only reason why I lean side high is sometimes Joe Buttons gets lyrics get so dense and so heavy that you have to unpack them. A little bit more. Saha leaves it open a little bit. You see what I'm saying? He hits you with complex punchlines, but you can kind of follow them a little bit more. And Joe's are kind of like more They'll like go straight over your head. man. Well, no, they're straight man like. Okay. It's like the way I look at Joe Button is. Okay, he, maybe I didn't understand what you were saying. So run that about. By basically, Joe Button. Sci-hi you think has he has the bars of, that go straight? They, go, they connect quick. They're like yeah, no, no, they're like machine gun. It's like they're just he's just hitting you with rapid fire bars. That you just have to sit down and listen to okay. to see where he's going in with it, and he has a very straight man delivery. Okay, so that if that wouldn't go over the crowd's head, is what you're saying? No, I don't think. I think it would just be right there. But the okay. thing is, would the crowd pay attention long enough? And what so, about Sai High? Sai High, I feel like he has just enough character in the way he delivers, and he has enough character in the way he delivers. He has, you know, enough elasticity in his voice, and he keeps his stuff right there in front of you, so you can actually catch it. See what I'm saying? So it'll make you listen. Because a lot of times, that's 90% of hip-hop. What people don't understand is, like, in groups, a straight man that can deliver the mail, like, even in a good way, he's he's best when you put him with a character. See what I'm saying? Like, a, a, a dope straight man right. and, a, and a character rapper, is, and if both guys are dope from their lane, then you got an amazing group. Right. But if you got a guy who's just a straight man, like, and Joe Budden, even for his emotional appeal and his lyricism, he is a straight man. Uh-huh. And, like, and people wonder what that means. That means that I always look at guys like Vord Omega 
on the underground from Cannibal Ox, right? He's a straight man. He's a dude who'll sit there and be like, he's gonna hit you with just line after line of highly complex nerdcore, not nerdcore, but like nerd level rhyme. That's what Joe Button used to be. He can still do it. It's still in him. But Joe Button at this point is more of the personality rapper. Uh, He's moving. Okay, I'm about to throw out a bad analogy. If you got Bum B, who is the straight man, and Pimp C, who's the personality, then I would say Joe Button is between those two. He, but, he used to be more of a bum B in terms of I'm going to say that lyrical thing to get your reaction. But he's moving away from that and closer to a personality rapper. But see, well, thing, he doesn't rap; he's retired. Yeah, because but thing lately is, his rap, he his rewind factor comes from the fact that he said some real life shit, and it's not just bars. He's yeah. moving away from bars and he's going closer to content. And emotion and can you connect to the real life I'm giving you? Yeah. Am I understanding you right? Oh am yeah, I, yeah. Or am that's, I just that's fucking pre- up your words. Yeah, no, you're you're correct in that instance. But I always felt like the unfortunate part of Joe, and we talk about this all the time. Joe Budden is a dope rapper. He's one of the you know like he's one of those guys who's dope that you just sit there and be like, why is this dude not? But then when I break it down and I really take a look at it, he got caught in something that a lot of dope rappers got caught in, including Jadakiss including people like that you know like it's gonna be like with your jadas and all these other guys like the pop world like they were always trying to do that song that carried them into a pop lane they were doing it from a hip-hop like joe button knocked it out the park with pump it up he knocked it out the park and got that smash hit and then i feel like he was kind of like the industry formula was asking joe to chase that you see what i'm saying and he felt like he had to chase it Right, and by the time he found his footing with mood music, when he started doing the more thoughtful Joe Budden mood music type stuff, um, I think that the you know things had moved. And yeah, he, he got at, good a little bit yeah. after his um, popularity yeah. had waned. You know yeah. that window closed exactly, and so and and ever since then, like he was doing or he found of, his niche he found his when niche it was too late it. I hate to say it yeah and really you know at that point it just never really metastasized with him it never really kind of like connected it never, it never did what metastasized oh, like a okay. cancer okay like a cancer spread throughout the body word of the day so you know it never really got to that point never masterized yes yes. oh yes I masterized every Uh, night yes yes after a good XNXX view uh, (laughs) he said I don't want to hear that shit you gotta check gotta check the channels XNXX I masterized yes we are not brought to you by them but we gave them a shout out that nigga said ah I ain't wanna hear that shit no I'm adding sound effects to it I wanna hear that bullshit gotta add the sound effects man um, but, um, I think that Saha versus Joe Button. First of all, let me go back and say that it seems subliminal when he was shooting his little I should have been in Slaughterhouse shit. He didn't say Joe Button's name. Exactly. And he even mentioned in that verse, shit, 500K, put me up against anybody. Yeah. 
But since we're on the subject of Sci High and Joe Button, I think Sci High would win. I think lyrically it's even. Yeah. Uh, personality wise, because if you're talking about an on stage battle, which is the scenario that Sci High was talking offering. about. Yeah, he's offering. That that's what he was offering. If you put both of these niggas on stage, then lyrically it's a tie. So now what happens is you gotta judge it personality wise. I think Joe Button has the bigger personality, but Sai has the more likable personality. Yeah. So Joe Button is already going in at a disadvantage because people don't like him. Yeah, and, and that's part it's of it's a favorites game, and the nigga going on stage is an unliked motherfucker. Because he's kind of become that guy that, you know, him going at the younger generation, he's become the villain. And I and, and see Joe made a lot of um, a star type of a villain, star type of dude, like a lesser version of, uh, of star. Yes, and so you already stepping on stage as the as the least likable MC. It's a tie lyrically, and Saha the Prince has more respect than you. So, with all those being said, on paper, Saha the Prince is supposed to win that motherfucking battle. Yep, I think he threw out smack. What else did um Saha say in that verse? I remember him saying smack. So when in my head, Brack. smack, in my head when I envision this on stage live battle happening, I see Saha the Prince going up against Joe Button for 500k on a smack stage. Let's say it's the headline of a summer madness. Yeah. And I see the crowd already being amped up and ready and prepared to hear Saha because they like him more than Joe Button. And no matter what dope shit Joe Button says, he's going to get some crowd reactions. He's going to get some Don DeMarco's. He's going to get all that shit because he's an actual good rapper. So he's going to get shown love for his lyrics. Yeah. But the more likable person between those two is obviously Psy High. So he's coming in with that disadvantage already. I think Psy High gets him. To me, this, is, this isn't a... If that were to happen, it wouldn't be a lyrical battle because lyrically it's even. If I have to give the edge lyrically to anybody, I can't. I can't. I, I can't do it. I want to say Sai High, but when I really think about the shit I've heard Joe Button say, I, I, I would like to say it's an even battle. Yeah. Lyrically. But when it comes to the onstage personality that people want to see, I give it to Sai High. That means a lot. Being able to endear yourself to the crowd. Joe Button is already so not endeared to any fucking crowd because he's such an asshole. Yeah. I mean, and that's my two cents on the shit. Well, the truth, like I said, and, and I, the, but the thing is, I think Joe being an asshole is it's the way he learned to play showbiz. And when we say WWE, I think I give it to Joe in the sense that he learned to play showbiz. And as me and Jonathan Crane always said, if anybody deserved to do this podcast and shit or make money off of podcasting, it's him. Because Joe Budden is a pioneer. Joe Budden is a dude that should have had a show like when they were jerking Joe around on those haha jerking Joe when they were jerking him around on those shows and stuff they were really doing wrong because Joe was the dude that literally you know precursed a lot of this stuff yeah you know and put his life out there like that and was doing all kinds of stuff I remember before Slaughterhouse he had all kind of content on YouTube and yeah. blogs and blogs and yeah 
just was, using the internet to put his business out in the street. He to, was like doing that before a lot of people were. And making himself a personality. And making himself a personality. And Good see, and, and and the thing is, playing spades and cars with Angela Yee. Yeah. His celebrity friends come over and they have uh, uh, um little board game night and shit. Yeah. I'm like, damn, you really getting to see into this guy's life. And see, the key of the key of this is, is he was smart about that. Cause Joe, Joe reminds me of like what Prince Paul and the RZA was, except from a different angle. Like Prince Paul and the RZA, they knew the industry, and we got the Wu Tang Clan because Prince Paul and the RZA know knew the industry. They were on the outs after Stetsasonic and Prince Raheem, and they were trying to figure out how to get in. So they so the RZA went off, worked on the Wu Tang project, created the Wu Tang project. Uh, what you call it created Prince Among Thieves together they created the Grave Diggers see what I'm saying all of these things are happening right around the same time right and that is what this is guys who know the industry and they're looking for their hook to play it how they know how to play it and I think that's you know Joe Budden went and got an education on the industry out to pump it up like what the A&Rs are looking for, what people are looking for. He watched how, as uh, Lawrence G always says, how we're going from, uh, I forgot the exact statement, how we went from rappers being one thing to now everybody has their own podcast and personalities and everything like that. Everybody's media now. So now your music is so secondary because me and Lawrence G talked about this a long time ago. People's music became so secondary. And I think that's one of the reasons why uh, really Joe retired or says he's retired because what's the use of trying to do all these tracks unless you're just truly inspired to do tracks because people aren't consuming them the same kind of way the only people that are doing that are guys who are just musicians first and they're not like trying to be anything or people who come in like we were talking about Benny Paz has dropped another album he's a personality Benny Paz is a particular personality that when he drops, he's gonna and be. He's got a podcast. Yes, I and believe see, it's called the Broad Street Bully Show. See, you see what I'm Something saying? Something to that effect. I could be wrong, but, but he does have a podcast. See what I'm saying? Everything comes with that. Like people are making accessible points at ways to connect to their audience and to stay in people's faces because and motherfuckers are controlling their own narrative. Yes, they're they not are. letting magazines and publications and radio do it as much. And if we keep going at this pace. They won't let them do it at all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's a good thing because, like I said, I think it's just a cyclical thing because at one point, music was just sponsored by a company and the artist just was the artist. And we may just end up getting back to that, like, you know, where you got this brought to you by Mother's Best Flower and the artist is just whoever they are. Um, mother's I, Best. Flower. Yeah, Mother's Best. Mother's flower. Best Titty Milk. Yeah. Buy some today. Exactly. For all ages. Straight from the source. Yeah. You can trust this. <laughs> but uh, uh, that's basically, you know, what the way I look at it. And then, like I was saying about Joe Budden, like what I uh, when, uh, when we were talking earlier, one thing that kind of got me and, and I felt bad about that for Joe. And we can go and move on to the next subject is the fact that he was always a guy to me. The reason why I get so high to edge is because not only is he not like was it's not going to be likable by the crowd because he plays the role of the villain. The but, heel, yeah, he plays everybody, the role. In, in wrestling, everybody wants to see the heel lose. Exactly. So they're looking at that. The bad guy. Yes. And so the crowd's gonna kind of root against Button. Uh, but one situation I look at too is the fact that he became a dude that is like a Jada, is like certain other people, 
that they occupied a space that if they would have stayed in their own pure lane, they probably would have got a lot further. You see what I'm saying? A lot further than doing that song that's going to try to connect to people who don't care about hip hop. You see what I'm saying? I can see that for Jada Kids. Yes. I think the same thing with Joe because even though he he swung it out, because every everybody hit it out the park every now and then. Like, even Pharrell Munch had a dance song almost with, uh, you know, Simon Says. You see what I mean? So, but how often do are we going to hear that work? Because I think that hurt people like Ross Koss, too. Because you yeah, got to think Simon about... Simon Says was like a a club banger It was a club banger-ish song. And and after that... It, it was it was a song similar to um, Annie Up. Yes. Where it was, it was like the anti-club banger. Exactly. In and, a weird way, and, anyway. and, and MOP would do with several songs like that. If you pay attention, they actually had like several songs that had that kind of. Oh, it's like a lot of energy they and had a DJ like could a, play a it. mosh pit type of thing. Exactly, where people could just you just get a little wild with it. And yeah, stuff. and it's the same thing that happened with Simon Says. And I felt like you had artists that were constantly looking for that. And Pharrell Munch is a writer in the industry, so he actually knew. He's actually been trying to put that kind of an album together for some time. You know, he's got some new materials for to be dropping soon. So I hope so. Yeah. Um, so you think Joe Budden did the same thing? Yes, I think he's a he's a creative dude. He's a, a high level MC that Because I haven't recognized job. that you would have well, to inform me and, and enlighten me because I it, haven't seen Joe Budden. Except for like what he was doing with mood music. Well, he did it like while he was signed. You see what I mean? When when he while he was signed Pump it up. After pump it up, like he he was basically looking for a way to get back on with another poppy okay. song. See okay. what I'm saying? And I understand why, because that's pretty much that's how you keep the lights on. That's how you keep them paying okay. attention. Okay. So that's what a lot of artists look for. And really, one of the Achilles heels of Eminem is the formula. See, like okay, so Joe Budden got formulated. Yeah, exactly. So when they start hitting the formula, because the industry starts when you got these ARs and all these other people leaking into your albums and telling you what not to put on, because these record labels they have the the first and the last right to say I'm not releasing that. So, See what I'm saying? So mood music was more him getting back to him. When he started getting the mood music, by the time he really started getting into the mood music, it was too late. Started, it was too late, and he was discovering Joe. He was basically because okay. to be honest with you, and then we talked about that. You know, before we even jumped on the mic, that the sad thing about that is he's doing mood music, which is a more personal, thoughtful type of thing at a time when you think about it, you know, that works for a different audience than he was shooting for at the time. Because, like, it works for people like Atmosphere because he has an audience that that's what they come there for, right? He can do Lucy Ford. He can do, uh, you know, uh, uh, when life gives you lemon, paint that shit gold. Albums like that Good album Yeah Whereas When you sit there And look at uh, Joe Joe has a His audience Came in As kind of casual listeners And maybe some hip hop heads See what I'm saying And the casual listeners Will never help you See what I'm saying So it's kind of like The hip hop heads Who you have to cultivate With that thoughtful stuff mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying So I'm saying all of that To say That That is the major disconnect That's one of the major disconnects That kind of hurt Joe and kind of segued him to the sideline and 
that's another thing along with the villain thing that's going to hit him because what's going to happen is you're going to have all these casual listeners and people like that they're going to always hit him with that lame line about you just did pump it up and all this other stuff and you're like dude Joe Budden actually has a, a, a decent catalog and, and that's, a good that's catalog the shit and really me you should go somebody. listen to his music because he's actually good you know so yeah and, I, and I'm going to piggyback know. on that by saying that's the shit that pisses me off earlier we talked about it and I was using the OJ Simpson analogy this may be a sensitive subject for me to even delve into, but I'm going to do it. The analogy I made earlier was this. OJ, you can say he's a son of a bitch, he's a murderer, he's a motherfucker, he's a fucking race traitor, fucking with them white folk got him fucked up, and you can call him the devil. Most of that, if not all of that, I would agree with. But just because he did all that don't mean he couldn't run that pigskin. Let me connect it with Joe Button. It's a lot of people who hate on Joe Button and say that he can't rap and that he sucks and that he's a one-hit wonder. That's not true at all. Exactly. And the reason why people say that shit is because they don't like him. Mm-hmm. Joe Button is such an asshole that people attack his art. And I don't think that's right. It's possible for an unlikable person to be talented at something. Yeah. And I think it's very ignorant and stupid for somebody to say... Because I don't like you as a person, I'm going to deny you that talent that you've crafted for so fucking long. That's exactly. some asshole shit. To that, that's terrible. So, yes, I agree with all of you motherfuckers. Joe Button is a very unlikable person. True. But that don't mean a nigga can't rap. And and, and like and don't forget, he's playing this character. What kills me, and we're going to move on from this, but what kills me is, I know even if Joe was here, he'd be like, I'm not playing a character. I'm being me. I'm not going to argue with him on that. Okay, if you're being you, you're being you. I'm not going to argue that. But my thing is, some things that's being done, I can tell certain things. And I'm not saying that he's not being original, because I know he went at Charlemagne the God about that, like not being for real. And, you know, he tries to do the whole authentic thing. I'm not really, I'm not here with that, because hip hop is just stinking with the whole be authentic, be authentic. I'm like, man, show business is show business. Like, you can't be on a reality TV show and be me because I'm boring. If I'm on a reality TV (laughs) show, I'm just enjoying this free ride, this free rent, and, you know, all this other stuff you're giving me. They're like, man, don't you want to go out here and put all your business in the street and sleep with this girl behind the door while we have the cameras outside? No, well, Joey Burnham I really does want to do get that. the pussy behind the door. Well, Joey Burnham, you know, you got Professor Nasty does want to yes. fuck behind the door. Yes. Get a sneak fuck in. Yes. Saha the Prince, man. Let's touch on him right quick. Yes. Um, what good can you say about that motherfucker? Because as much as I fuck with him, I'm waiting for him to do more. Yeah, he's kind of like on that position. He's a person because I feel like he's another dude that's been ghosting for Kanye. Yeah, he's the modern dude that's ghostwriting for Kanye. Once Kanye kind of got past your rhyme fest and your um, uh, what's old buddy's name that, that was with the trial consequence. Camera? Consequence. When he got past rhyme fest and consequence to some degree, he went ahead and brought in Side High the Prince, and it's hilarious. Like when I heard was listening to that backpack, um, yeah, the team backpack, team backpack stuff, and I heard the Side High thing, I was like. Man, you could tell this dude is right, and that's what's funny to me. Like, oh, I so can, you can you can hear? I hear it. The Kanye West hear, in him, yes. or really vice versa. I hear, the, yeah, I hear how Kanye is now absorbing like the yeah. more complicated and better rapping Kanye is sci high. Yeah, you can hear the influence or the pen. Yeah, so it's the same thing that goes on. Like when I heard Ryan Fist in them earlier. 
you know, yeah. because really Kanye by himself and in his early work, he was more of a, you could tell that he was not proficient with delivery of rhyme. Yeah, you know man. You could hear it. Uh, a lot of folks, they'll be like, oh man, you must be crazy. It was a classic. I was like, you, man, I'm happy you morons don't even listen to rap. You don't even listen to rap. You don't listen to rap. You listen to whatever plays on the radio. And basically, like I said, even with college dropout, all he did was take the backpack stuff that we already had and made it palatable for folks who wouldn't listen to backpack stuff. Right. And then everybody got excited and started waxing off, waxing on, saying he's the greatest thing ever. Us people who've been listening to backpacks the whole time, we were just happy to see some backpack make the radio and huh. that just lived our life. And that was it. First time I got hip to Sci High, because I'm always late to the party. Well, not always, but a lot of times I'm late to the party with these artists. And the first time I got hip to Sci High was the Jack of All Trades album. Yeah. And every song title was a different jack of a different trade. Like one track would be like Carpenter, and the next one would be Doctor, and like things yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. For example. Uh-huh. The album was literally themed to be a jack of all trades. It was a dope album. Um, and I just want to shine a light on him for a second because Saha the Prince is a guy that doesn't get enough credit. Every time I've heard him rap on Sway in the Morning, he's done multiple team backpacks. That wasn't his first. Every time I hear this nigga jump in the cypher, he fucking murders it. Quotables for days. He's an extreme lyricist. He's a great MC. Yep, and a nice writer. And a nice writer. And going back, a great writer. And going back to what you said about Jadakiss. I don't want him to end up in that Jadakiss route because right now it seems as if that's the road he's on. And see, the danger is... Let let me finish. It seems like he's on the road where he's a dope-ass MC, but there's a possibility he may just stop there. He may not get a classic album. He may not even have an album that is your favorite. Not that It's not about him sucking. It's about him not reaching his full potential. He he he's falling in that J Electronica lane to me. Yeah, and where it's like fest that, lane. And, and and rhyme fest. It's kind of like, damn, nigga, you super dope. But I just want to see you do more. I don't know whose fault that is. Maybe he isn't working hard. Maybe his team isn't working hard. I think Maybe there is no goddamn blame to be pointed and spread. I think it's lack of an actual producer to bring out. See, one thing that people forget back in the day, rap, you get a dope MC. But a lot of times you would have like a producer or you'd have like somebody who was the director that was helping them put all of this together. So basically they would come in and say, man, I got this beat and I want you to, hey, we're going to do a song about this. Like, can you do a song about this? What do you, can you rock to this? Then they'll take it back and twerk around with it, mess around with it a little bit. Let him hear it again and talk about some things. You will come together as a team and y'all will create something. Now it's almost we're in a mixtape game. Beat maker does a beat. You like, I like that beat. You take that beat back somewhere and put it with all your other beats and you write an album. And you think you got all, you can cover all the points, right? I got the song that's going to make them sad. I got the song that's going to make them dance. I got the song that's for shooting up the club. I got the song for this. I got the song to show them I'm the lyrical God, King, Lord. Yeah. And you do all of that and it really starts coming out like a mixtape. And it doesn't have the cohesive nature of an album, nor does it have the identity of an album because you don't got one dude doing the production throughout, sitting down with you and working. I think a lot of these underdeveloped rappers, they need somebody who has the mind state to see what they could be 
and talk to them about it and they need to connect with each other and create that situation you would think that he would have that in Kanye West Kanye West and lost a damn mind um, he ain't even where he used to be I'm gonna say this and we're gonna move on to the next topic I'm gonna say this Kanye West has had a lot of artists under his umbrella that have yet to really blow he, yeah he's pulling a real Jay-Z on us Eminem a lot of artists under his umbrella that really didn't blow. And you can name a lot of big artists that had these people under them that didn't blow. It would seem like the worst thing in the world to do, just based on what we've seen, it would seem like the worst thing in the world to do would be to sign to a vanity label. That's it. The worst thing to do is to sign to a rapper or sign to a vanity label. Nobody really blew up from up under Kanye. Because they, yeah. Eminem. Yeah. Even Dr. Dre. That's what I'm saying. The worst of, of course Eminem blew up from Dre Of course Kid Cudi made some noise under Kanye okay. But he still He had his own identity coming in But it's it's That's the, Those people who blow up Under these vanity labels Have are, their own identity They have in. their own and identity so And, and they're in the minority Exactly And it's, their identity is so indomitable That it's gonna go anyway. Anyway with anybody So that's 50 why 50 Cent for example yeah, Was so, gonna blow with or without Cause Rock Dre the, and Aftermath and Slim Shady The uh, Rockefellers Appeal was actually Dame Dash. I always put that to people. If it was up to Jay Z, you wouldn't have a Kanye. See what I'm saying? Yeah. You would have a Kanye beat maker, but I can't say that it would have went exactly like that where you get the college dropout and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's basically Dame Dash saying, "Hey, dude, let the dude go and get the little rhyme album out the way, and you to do do so we can get these beats. Keep getting these beats." And basically, that's. That was the situation. So they gave him a deal, an artist deal, that nobody took seriously because, again, you know, he wasn't the strongest at that time the way you're supposed to rap. Nobody will admit that because nowadays you say that now you got a bunch of uh, apostles of Jesus, as I call them, because there's a bunch of kids that grew up on Kanye. They grew up on, um, you know, college dropout, and that was just a, that was the go-to gold album for them and they whatever and so the nostalgia blinds them but for those of us who actually have some kind of a understanding and listen to the underground and listen to everything it's kind of like yeah okay I mean I'm not saying it's not a dope album I'm just saying mm-hmm. that it, you know in context that's where it was and then you look on like Jay-Z wouldn't have signed a Cameron in him he did not like Cameron and that was really one of the big things that really broke things down because Cameron and them gave Rockefeller a second life. Jay Z was bringing yep. in dudes. Jay Z was bringing in dudes and really taking a lot from Philly, like and, and bringing dudes in and and really being a vampire on Philly before he actually. Petey Crack, yeah, and these dudes Freeway, panning, yeah, Beanie, Beanie Siegel, yeah, and they weren't panning out. It's like Chris and Neef. Chris and Neef, yeah, and, and they were pinning songs. Jay Z was going in there. I believe I, they were from Philly. Were they from? They Philly? were Philly, yeah. And they weren't really panning out uh, the way that you would think they would. Because this dude signed so much of Philly, it was almost, you might as well say it, uh, Rockefeller Philly. You know what I'm saying? Rockefeller New York. And these guys never panned out. Mel Bleak never panned out. Because Mel Bleak was supposed to be the reason why. He was supposed to be the guy who the label was going to be. He's going to be a flagship artist. And Jay-Z was going to step back and run a label. And it never panned out. This guy never really had the, the idea of how to do a certain type of talent. Jay-Z and all these, a lot of these other guys are artists that you have to, if you get signed under them, you got to work your ass off to get from up under them. See what I'm saying? 
I will say I give 50 Cent one thing with G-Unit. He gave shine to some folks that wouldn't even got shine normally, like Tony Yayo and people like that. He actually made sure most of G-Unit at least got their albums out. See what I mean? At the very least, they got their albums out. There were some guys that were later on, like Bangum Smurf and stuff. Was Bangum Smurf on G-Unit? Or I, he, he I don't was know. Anti -Unit? He I, was anti-G-Unit. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. So but I, I know he was like one of 50 Cent's homeboys in the street and he vouched for 50 Cent's goonery. And I think he did this 50 at one point. Yeah, because everybody go like Spider-Lope. Yeah, Spider-Lope and Bangham Smurf and all them. I thought they had tried to form some kind of group and that didn't work out. And then he ended up dissing 50 Cent because it all kind of went left because of the fact that um, like it was out the game had left. And it was it's a whole bunch of situations. I don't know. I got to go back and look at the real etymology of that situation because I, I really don't know. But... Uh, at the end of the day He's about the only one of the few people I see That actually put out stuff Even Talib Kualib Started a label And it didn't work out And artists came out And said That again The worst thing you can do Is sign to an artist Because the artist worries About themselves The only person That really puts out His stuff independently Is like Tech 9 And LP from Definitive Jokes He was cultivating talent they personally talent. Take care they, of their people Exactly They personally take care Of their people like From like a work standpoint Atmosphere like, does too like, With, with uh, Rhyme Sayers it's like so all the independent guys they tend to like cultivate they only bring in guys they feel like they want to work with who they want to go on tour with who they you know they i can get get this bread with these dudes and then they give them everything they need to create whatever they create get their album package and put it out e40 does the same thing with nefta pharaoh and all these other, right they do those guys they're hands-on they're literal literal artists and label heads the major guys they get vanity labels and you end up on a graveyard so you know what I'm saying? Because, like, after Kanye pretty much makes that album with you or, like, uses you for his mixtape, his new Cruel Summer, he, you're kind of, like, gone unless you got some kind of work ethic. You see what I'm saying? So, with all that being said, if vanity labels bury their fucking artists, then I wish that Sci High and Joe Button battle. Yeah. Simply for the sake it'll shine more light on Sci High. Yeah. Because I don't want him to end up Buried by the vanity label curse. Man, what if you want to name it and coin it? Uh, uh, went ahead and formed a group since they've been they ain't been doing like and, and just call it the curse. That should be so fucking raw. Man. That would be raw. Like yeah, Sci-Hi and, and Jay Electronica. Listen, y'all, I'm putting this in the universe. Y'all may not even like each other, but y'all need to find each other and form that super group. I just said it. I put it out there. It could happen. They're going to owe you some goddamn money Because you heard it here first On the motherfucking grown ass man hip hop show Exactly I'm going to want my bread too So speaking of Kanye West And his ghost writer Side High the Prince We're going to slide right into Your house is haunted <laughs> Your house is haunted We're going to slide right into Kanye West And his SNL Nigga got a new album coming out pretty soon. Or so we thought. Or like, so we thought. Because it was supposed you said to come it was, out. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. It was supposed to come out at the same time as or the Carter. As the Carter. Uh five? It, yeah, the Carter five. I, I lost count. Yes, I yeah, I stopped counting. Uh and it didn't. Uh and it's Yandi. Cause of course now he's went from Yeezus to now he's Yandi. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I'm like, dude. So the name of the album that was supposed to come out. Alongside yeah. the fucking Carter Five was supposed Yandy. to be called Yandi. Yeah, like and Yandy. he changed his rap name to Ye. To Ye. Yeah. Or, okay. Or yay or whatever. Ye Ye. Whoop the fucking do. 
what's up with this dumbass SNL rant, man? Because I know you ain't like that shit. Basically, I'm giving it two, giving it three things. Number one, Kanye is like using the troll culture and being a clout lord and taking this stuff to the umph degree. And he he has no handlers to kind of bring him in, but he's running out on this kind of crazy wavelength with it, and basically this whole Trump support shit. Yes, coming it, out on stage on the SNL stage wearing a a MAGA hat, make yeah. America great again, and hat. talking about how they tried to stop him and they they tried to stop him from wearing it. Yeah, and, they tried to stop him and, from wearing the hat, and they're bullying me. Yeah. And think with your brain and not your heart, or. They yeah, say think, think with, with your, your heart, heart and, and not, not your, your brain. brain. And I'm just sitting up here like Kanye at the end of the day. And the liberal is represented by 90% of us. And we're in the minority, you know, this conservative way of thinking. He's I thought, and I hate to cut you off, but I thought Kanye West was kind of tongue-in-cheek supporting Trump. But this SNL shit makes me think he's like a real Trump supporter. I think he's a real Kanye supporter. Uh, and, that's about the realest ba- thing you could ever fucking say. And basically, what it is is because doing this shit will help his fucking album. And that's it. Here he goes again, stirring up some shit. And Just so happens around the time his album is supposed to be coming. Exactly. Out. So people can actually whatever, because he's already came back and apologized for the slavery. Just thing. so happens. It's a coincidence. And now there's something supposed to be out that he's saying that they abolished, the, you know, uh, abolished the 13th Amendment, bring back sla- that uh, whatever slavery, so that we can have factories. Of- it's like. He is almost getting toward the performance artist type lane where he's trying to be a provocateur. He's, it's like being, watching a stupid provocateur. That's basically That's exactly it. what he's trying to do. And, and you sit there and watch it. And I say stupid provocateur because, I mean, the people who really try to like give a goddamn credit, album. That needs to be the name of his album. Yes, the stupid... Stupid provocateur. Yes, because, like... Or stupid motherfucker. Yes. Because, like, a lot of people will be like, oh, no, you guys just aren't thinking hard enough to get... I'm like, if I take you to an actual museum where there's actual works of art that provoke, and I say, what do you see when you see this? When somebody takes the cross and put it in some dung, or they do something else, and they, they, you know, got the American flag ripped up, or whatever, something that's supposed to cause a visceral reaction, right? Which these type of arts things are supposed to do. You would be in there ready to just burn the whole place down. This is horrible that they're doing this. This is terrible. And but yet and still, you got these same nut jobs online. They try to make excuses for Kanye, talking about, oh, you just can't think this way. You just, you know, you're not thinking. I'm like, dude, I fear that I have pondered more things than you have even thought of. And probably, ever. I mean, and that's not saying I'm deep because I'm not. It's just the fact that I know some of these people you're dealing with online are just kind of like idiots. And it's the same thing that goes for people that are trying to give Kanye too much. I just can't deal with it because it's like he's just a dude that's playing the game. He like is we playing say, the w- game. It's the WWE playing the game. And Kanye is a heel. Yes, he's, he says, "Hey, he's I'm a mark." Be, yeah, he's a mark. I'm gonna be the heel. I'm gonna be the monster. Uh, I'm gonna be this, and I'm gonna show you this, that, and the third. He's talking about he's gonna run for president. And then there's another side of this too. There's a side that says. That. A calculated train wreck is yes. what he's trying to, to go orchestrate for. and go for. Exactly. And then he comes out on the other side and says, I'm on medication and all this other stuff. Feel sorry for me. Or really, he is on medication. And that's something else people got to look out for. When you're isolated and you start to cut off all your friends, and you start to cut out the people that got took you there, and you get the part of another world, and you start doing all this other crap, 
nobody tells you no they go along with your nonsense and there is an elite class of people that doesn't care about anybody else out here and doing whatever they want to do he's gotten into that world so you could see that you could see all of that going on and him just whatever time he wants to run for president he wants to do all this other crap it's just like it's all just mind-numbingly i can't even find the words like it's not entertaining it's not even entertaining it's not viscerally entertaining not at all it's not shocking it's not anything i hate the fact that we're talking about it because we're giving it airtime. we're just kind of talking about it because it's in the hip-hop scope and it's here uh but what i took from the kanye west snl rant was i i do not agree with his support or his stance or his politics but freedom of speech free thinking whatever the fuck that means i agree with that i, I agree with the the greater good of what kanye represents that greater good being just because i'm black doesn't mean i have to think like all of black people but well, he does not that all black people think a certain way and that's or, what, and that's the point and that's and that's the but, thing he never makes. So those are the finer details we can discuss. But the greater good of what he's trying to represent, he doesn't have one though. And or matter of fact, how, how can I word it? Because I don't I don't want to get my words misconstrued. Because I don't I don't think he actually represents anything. I don't really think he um, represents a greater good. There, there's a narrative going on, like Kanye West being on that stage talking that shit on SNL. Something happens. People start to talk. But see, the key is and rumbling start to happen. See, let, let me finish. And and the rumbling, the rumblings that come about are black guy with a manga hat, manga hat, whatever the fuck it is, and he's supporting Trump. So black people do support Trump. Trump. Black people can support Trump. That's already been. That big. should be obvious. That I mean, they're on Fox News. They're, they're on Fox News. There should not have to be this call to fucking arms of people who support black people who support Trump but just for those motherfuckers who don't believe that we're more than just this monolithic group of motherfuckers like we're more than that so to me that's what it represents Kanye West is trying to represent free thinkers he's trying to represent people who think outside the box he's trying to represent people He's trying to represent all that shit. Just, now, here's the thing. Fred Freeze and I, we call bullshit. Yes. Because Fred Freeze and I already know that black people are, full, uh, are free thinkers. That most people are free thinkers. We also already know that we don't need Kanye West to represent us because we're doing just fine all fucking ready. Yep. And we also know that Kanye West is about himself more than he's about Trump or black people. He's about himself. But there's a narrative that's happening that I kind of like the narrative. I kind of like the narrative of let's freely think. But see, I don't don't even think that's it. I don't think that's the narrative. And I think all of this comes from a conspiracy theory, a mindset. It's like it's the whole notion that there are certain things that's always been at play. And it's the patterns that everybody can always see. But the problem is we lost our educational system and we never really had one not for real and only those who could afford it could have it right so when you get down to a certain level people are not critical thinkers at all at any level you see what i'm saying and people are looking for a perfect revolutionary moment 
they get mad at everything like i look in our city and i see people mad at the mayor for not stopping crime and want to put a camera up which is you know dubious you can get upset about him want to put up a crime but this is from the mayor's office right i'm like you live right next door to the dude that's pumping crack into your neighborhood and you know that's miss jenkins son you guys are not gonna get together and try to figure out nothing to do what are we supposed to do you want the mayor to do something and then when the mayor send everybody over here to kill everybody then you're gonna be hollering we gotta have an impasse see what i'm saying so the problem is people don't want responsibility for their actions and you got people like kanye and all this other stuff they create these false narratives based on conspiracy theories and ideas of this perfect revolution or alien people or whatever the nonsense is going on and they're controlling your mind i'm like it's like the matrix like cyber in the matrix people don't want to wake up to the fact that you're in control and you got to do this you don't like the government then t- take over it take it over okay you don't like this because you know no listen i can't do that this turn the third i'm like actually even if you blew this government up another one's gonna form you do know that right this like nature deploys a vacuum so the monsters that you take out you better be careful what you wish for because when you take those monsters out you might get a monster far worse oh you're just trying to scare people so they won't do anything no moron nature deploys a vacuum and see that's one of those type of things you get rid of uh, um, Saddam Hussein then you get ISIS look at what you got you got rid of Saddam Hussein what you get now you got a bunch of other he was keeping a lid on the house of of crazy right like now you you destabilize the region you look at Chicago, you take all the warlords that was running the gangs and the stuff and you put yep. them in jail. Right? They yep. control sections. And let me let me and, clarify you know, something. And you you're bringing up some beautiful fucking points. Yeah. But let me just clarify the point I was trying to make cuz I don't want again, I really don't want to be misunderstood. Um the narrative that Kanye is creating, which I don't think he has. The the rumblings, the talk that Kanye is stirring up. I like that talk. I like those questions. Do I agree with Kanye West's personality, his politics? No. Does he irritate the fuck out of me? Yes. But these conversations, these questions that are being asked, even if I know the answer to the question, even if the question offends me, I like the fact that this stuff is happening. I like the fact that this stuff is bubbling to the surface. Now, for you and I, it's 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 been bubbled to the surface That's why I say, for the man, longest I, I'm for you. Out here you and I are already no, I here. Because the, the crazy thing is, you I'm and I are already here, but everybody's not us. No, it don't. There's a lot of people. I'm telling you, this is what's crazy. And there crazy. are a lot of people that's us, but it's it, also a group of people that ain't us. But we too. can't worry about them. There's a, there's evolution, and some people are not coming for the ride. They're not going to come for the ride. Some people going to set themselves on think, fire. I think there's some and, positivity. As much, know, this is what I'm saying. As much as Kanye is a fucking irritant to me, there's some positivity. There's some light that could be taken away from his stupid ass SNL well, there's, rant. Well, there's actually a cautionary tale. Even that's if, it. Even, and that's, that's even what if I think it's it cautionary, it's still it's, something it's ca- you can take ca- away. He is some redeeming fact. Let's look at Bill Cosby because he did this too. With he, what? Raping everybody? No, no. He went on co- pop uh, Fox News huh. and he said. You young black man, you need to pull your pants up. And hey, by the way, you don't want the police to mess with you? Don't steal that cake. I seen a young man had the cake in his back pocket. 
parents, I'll tell you, don't steal that cake. Put the yellow cake back and pull your pants up. And you know, and all this stuff. And and hold on. Now, now hold on. Now let's 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 look, let's break that down. You look at a group of people, they did exactly what you just said. They came on said, but Bill Cosby trolled her too. Those people need to pull up their pants and not steal that cake. They told the truth. He brought that to the table. I said, but he actually allowed himself to be used as a tool for agents that wish ill upon his own group of people. Just like Kanye. Just like Kanye is doing. And I really don't care what he is trying to say because I will go back to one more thing. This bitch ass nigga, and I go and put it out there, took like Ryan Fest and them were doing something in Chicago with Dondi's house. Which is his mother's name. Kanye West being the bitch ass nigga in yes, question, right? Yes, yes. Okay. Went on and let his wife pull that daggum thing from Ryan Fest because he was talking about the fact that Kanye was no longer supporting Dondi's house. He's sitting out here talking about all of this shit going on in the world. He knows where Chicago is right now. He knows what's going on. He ain't doing shit with his platform for Chicago. Now, some dude will jump up online and find him giving charity to... And I, I'm tired of these assholes that show you somebody giving a fucking charity and a charity write-off. When they got a platform, you got a platform to jump on Saturday Night Live and do some bullshit like that, but you ain't got enough fucking time to jump out here and help get those after-school programs back for those kids and make Dondi's house a bigger thing? Are you, are you telling me that? That's what you're telling me? You're, you're not actually spreading a message on that level. You're not spreading a message to help Chicago schools or nothing like that with your platform. You're not even doing that. Guess what? I agree with you. You and, and not think on the same and, wavelength. And, and, and let's go back to Bill Cosby on that too. But, but I respect Kanye's right to be stupid. Oh, and, no, and, he has a right to be and, stupid. And I, respect, and I love what and, and happens I, to and you. And I also respect his parody. Now, look, I'm going to tell you. He I agree with you, me and you on the same page. I never a, disagree with you. Oh, no. And I don't want to make it seem like oh, I'm no. disagreeing with your point. But my point is, I'm but I respect you. his right to he stupidity. He has a right to be stupid. And I respect his parody. Yes, I like it. And I, he has a right to be stupid. But what I'm trying but to say But I don't agree is, with him. And, I, and uh, he irritates me just like he irritates you. Oh, yeah. And, and my point is, I agree with you on that. Like, he has a right to be stupid. Everybody does. Yeah. But when you're stupid, and everybody Which to someone it. To someone out there He's not stupid And I'm fine Because they're stupid he people He speaks to someone out yes, there Yes because I respect that and, and It's I, not my thing I, I told you This is evolution And everybody ain't gonna make it As they should But as I'm gonna actually say At the end of the day Thanos had a point uh, At the end of the day You know People are out here defend, Defending And Thanos Cosby. didn't have a goddamn point because uh, if, if if Thanos's motherfucking point was it's not enough fucking resources, so you could we make need, more resources. Make more fucking resources. Yeah, that's yeah. Oh, yeah, that was Like he could have made more resources, but then again, I'm going I'm going kill half the people. That way we can manage our resources better. No, make no, more, more fucking resources. Make more resources. But also, I think he's looking ahead to the fact that uh, human beings pretty much almost stop evolution in itself because. Like with their social constructs that form societies, they've made it easier to pretty much like for underperforming and all kinds of other crazy things to occur. And then they're siloing off in tribal uh, groups that's causing their genome to not spread out as it's supposed to. <laughs> and and Kanye West is no Thanos. Yeah, well, no, well, not only that, but like he's a perfect example of when your gene pool start the tree starts going straight up. Well, goddamn. But um, 
Like that's what I'm trying to say. Kanye, but, yes, yes, back yes, to Kanye. Yes, yes, that's what Kanye is. But and even even coming from a professor, I mean, and that's sad. Um, and that's a sad drop too. Like uh, seeing a lot of your daddy and your boy. But uh, as I was saying, like as <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, bitch, yeah, yeah, exactly. But as you sit up there talking about that type of thing, I look at what happened to Cosby and how. It all came back around. Hell, yeah, they used Cosby and, against us. Against us. They then, weaponized that son of a bitch. Exactly. And, and he didn't make it hard for them to do it. Exactly. Kanye West is doing the same shit. And then when it came down for his turn, and see, this is my fear, even my fear for Kanye. After I say all that shit against Kanye, my biggest fear for him is when it's his time. And Paul Mooney talks about this. When it's his time. And it's your time to be on that hot seat because that's the bad thing about celebrity in America. Once they put you up real high, they put you up real high and then they're going to snatch that rug from up under you. Let me see play how devil's hard advocate like I always fucking you do. Know. And I even get on my own nerves playing the devil's advocate. But let me play devil's advocate. I'm Satan, so he's on my side. <laughs> What's wrong with Kanye West? disagreeing with you and I what's wrong with kind in the grand let me let me finish in the grand when you really think about it there's no in, wrong in the grand scheme of things there's no wrong what's wrong with Kanye West thinking differently no, than you and see, I see that's what I'm trying to tell you I never said it's wrong with him thinking di- see that's that's a fallacy that is the fallacy I hate no one said it was wrong that you think differently but when you think differently and people don't agree that ain't wrong either so we're just at an impasse. So if you want to wear a MAGA hat and you want to be MAGA, go be MAGA. Just like I tell people, if a black person say, I love the Ku Klux Klan, I want to go over here and be in the Ku Klux Klan. Okay, fine. When they get the rope out and they tired of you and they ready to do whatever they finna do to you, my phone needs not be wrong because you made your decision. This is my point. So <laughs> like I made my decision, you made your decision. You made a bed. Lying. So let me play devil's advocate even more. If there is no wrong with him doing it. There's no wrong. Then. So you got to take whatever comes to it. Do we believe. And this is a big question. I'm not talking about you and I per se. But do we believe that Kanye West is pandering to the enemy, to the side that wishes us our downfall. Kanye is actually pandering to himself, and he's doing that, that uh, what I call it, the stupid provocateur act. I don't, I wouldn't 100% put him, he's just a guy Because we just said that they're weaponizing Kanye But that's what they do. And see, he's being a what's so, called a stupid provocateur. So you're provocateur. saying he's not doing that on purpose. He's, he's just falling it. in the fucking trap. Well, he's no, he's not falling in the trap. He's using the fact that Fox News is gonna anytime he gets up and puts that MAGA hat on, he knows they're gonna parrot whatever he does. So he doesn't care if they're weaponizing him exactly. against us because he's using he's that just as a doing that as, as media and, shit. Exactly. And then he's doing it because you got a generation that believes in this notion of again, like you're saying that. What's wrong with me thinking differently than you, right? People don't understand. There's nothing wrong with you thinking differently than me. But there's something wrong with you not living with the consequences of your actions. See what I'm saying? My actions has consequences. You tell, like they tell black people all the time that if we do something, and trust me, we find out quick about consequences, right? We find out real quick about consequences. So, you know, I'm asking people, I don't care how you think. I don't care what you do. 
But understand, when it comes back, don't look to me. I don't want nobody looking over to me and saying, why won't you help me? And the reason why I say that, I say the same thing, like, because people be like, they made every excuse on the sun for Cosby, right? And I'm not saying Cosby's some kind of villain. Uh, well, he is a villain if he did those acts. You know, I can't, no, I'm not arguing with that. Like, if he did that kind of stuff, then he's a human being. He did something wrong. And you got actions. You got to pay for them, right? You were in a place that they actually said you did something. You got to pay for them. I'm not, I'm neither here nor there. You see what I'm saying? I'm just saying that's what it is. But my situation is the fact that people came running to us, came and running back to the black people after he had got on TV, came running to the black youth and said, look at what they doing to Cosby. Look at what they doing to him. You know, I'm like, he had no compassion when he spoke to black people and people call it tough, tough love. Oh, it's tough love. It's tough love. I'm like, that's all black men have got. It's tough love. How about some love, love? See what I'm saying? We ain't got nothing but tough love. Like, you know, you either got the belt, the boot, the the billy club, the every damn thing else. I'm like, could you just give me some love, love? Versus like, you know, saying, well, you know, you got to pull your pants up. Why is his pants down to start with? Why is this culture being adapted? Why is opportunities being hoarded? You're in a position of power. Why aren't any of you guys helping get back after school programs? Yes, I know you're giving money to Temple and all these schools and, and HBCUs and wearing HBCU shirts and doing talks and getting doctorates and all this. That's all nice and everything. But there are some poor people on the ground that actually could use somebody with a platform. Right. You see what I'm saying? And you guys have the platform. And this is what you're doing with it. And that's what really made me mad about Kanye. And you, I can't tell a man what to do with his platform. If he don't want to do Don this house no more, if he don't want to do this, I'm just like, dude, don't fix your mouth to say nothing about people when you ain't doing shit. And people say, well, what you doing? I'm doing all a little man with no platform can do. That's all I'm doing. I'm doing everything I can. But I don't got that kind of weight. And you can check my right. resume. I got receipts. But my the problem is, I look at guys like Kanye. Like I said, I don't care if you got a different opinion. I don't care who has a different opinion. I don't care if you do things differently. I just care that when it comes home, because it always does. I tell people, it may not come home today. It may not come home to you as like 50, 60 years old. But baby, when it comes home, don't ring my phone. That's all I'm asking, because you made that. Why are you going to start some shit and then call me? The only thing I ask, now I'll come help you if they set upon you and you were just innocently living your life and you did something and it was out of call you know what I'm saying or you did something for a positive goal and they trying to make you a martyr this is not a positive goal you're doing something it's obviously selfish but you're making a decision you stepped out there okay I want you to think about it Fred Hampton and people who did positive things like that they were hunted down and murdered see what I'm saying you had different people that did positive things they were hunted down and they were murdered that's why I see a lot of people doing it. They they said some stuff that a lot of people don't think like them. They willingly went to their grave behind their actions. So I tell all these free thinkers that. I, I tell these comedians who get to fix their little cowardly so, mouths. So hold they on, were, watch this. George Carlin is one of my favorite comedians of all time. George Carlin was not a coward. Kanye West and 90% of these people out here are cowards. The reason why they're cowards is because they're saying, I'm saying something different and everyone's being mean to me. I'm like, that's what they're doing. Whereas George Carlin is like, 
I went to three or four of his shows. He walked half the crowd. He didn't care. He said, I'm getting that out of the way. Now let's start. I was like, thank you, sir. You stand on your conviction. You stand on what you are. You, if that's what you are, because like I always told people, I respect a hate monger who just stands up and says, I fucking hate you. More than a person who weasels around and says, don't, why won't you just let me hate you? Don't you see hating you is okay? As like, I watch Frederick yeah. uh, 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 weasel around. Yeah, I can't stand that. And pop lock. Yeah, exactly. I can't stand that shit. I can't stand when people do that. Like, why won't you just let me? Well, I, I just want to hate you without consequence. Because that's basically what everybody's asking for. They're like, can I think and act a certain way and have nothing without consequence without any consequence no pun intended yes without consequence ghostwriting my albums but exactly exactly you know but that's one of those type of thing that i have a problem with i have a problem with that's what people are looking for i don't think they're looking for any kind of way they're not looking for a free thought they're not looking for different thoughts people are looking for consequences without action that's basic. I mean, actually without consequences. That's what they're looking for. Because like I said, men have always stood against things. And they are punished for it. And they're put down. Sometimes they're positive. Sometimes they're negative. And people have always, there's, there's plenty of free thoughts out there. And people go out there and whatever. And the black community is far from monolithic. The black community's voting efforts are far from monolithic. We only are like mostly Democrat because hell, the Republicans have shown us to say they've given us the middle finger and said, fuck you. There's nothing more conservative than a black old black man. There's nothing more conservative than an old black man. You don't believe me? Try to convince an old black man of something that he ain't ready to do or he don't like. He will not change. Even if you come to the house and shoot him, he ain't changing. Right, There's right, very few right, old right. black men that are going to change. And the, the fact that they can't absorb those guys, it's because those guys, they remember. They remember what those people looked like. And they remember what it sounded like. And they remember all of this stuff from the past. And due to the Southern strategy and all this other stuff, that's what the Republicans are right now. Just because they're in a different shell for all of you phonies that say, but the Democrats, they they were once this party and they were the one with the Klan and all. I'm like, hey, man, do a little something called history. Watch how things shift. Parties are nothing but vehicles. They can be anything. They're composed of, you know, these things called people. And like people, you know, they take over things and they make it different. It's just like somebody could take over your church of Christ and turn it to the church of Satan. They could do it. It's just a building, right? Well, I, I disagree with Kanye, just like you do. Yeah. I see the fault in Kanye, just like you do. But I think at the end of the day, his voice, as irritating as it may be, has a place at the table. It has a place. It's always there. So like, shifting, shifting gears to a less stressful, irritating, or maybe even a more irritating motherfucker, Lil Wayne. Oh, yes. Wheezy F Baby. Don't forget the baby. Don't forget the baby. Anyway, Lil Wayne, Carter 5, it dropped. When did that shit drop? About two days ago? Yeah, yeah, it was dropped. It it, it was dropped at the same time Yandy was supposed to drop. So it dropped on Saturday morning, I want to say. Okay. I haven't heard the album. I haven't felt compelled to listen to the album. And from the reviews and comments and shit that I've been reading, it might not be worth listening to. I have to save that fucking uh, my judgment because I ain't heard the album. I can't talk shit about an album I haven't heard. But I'm hearing it's really average. 
Fresh. Yeah. Have you heard the album Fresh? I've given it uh, two listens. I haven't sit with it because I'm I'm a dude that likes to actually sit with his albums. I'm I, I take it back and try to get some kind of feel out of mm-hmm. it. Um, I'm gonna before I give it a real real review. I'm not I'm gonna be yeah, fair. Just discussing the album. This um, isn't a review. But what I'm gonna actually say is, to me, Lil Wayne did exactly what I knew Lil Wayne was gonna do. He was gonna is Lil Wayne gonna deliver bars. And stuff like that. Yes, Little Wayne's gonna deliver bars. bars He's and always one-liners. got one-liners, and it's gonna be primarily about money and stuff like that. He did get a, a couple personal songs on there, which I gave him props for. Okay. Um, but the overall feel and cohesiveness of it was just not something. It's not something that's catching me. Now, the Little Wayne fans who were dying and waiting for Little Wayne to come out and do this album. They are all going crazy because they're caught up on his words and they're caught up on different things. And I don't really, I, I'm not going to argue with the stands. It's like arguing with an Eminem stand. You can't really argue with a stand. But, you know, as far as Lil Wayne, the artist, Lil Wayne does exactly what you expect. I mean, he's a strong, you know, he's a strong lyricist when he wants to be. He delivers punchlines. He um, can do some, uh, he's got an interesting cadence, interesting voice. See what I'm saying? Cause, so it's different uh, He has a character So Lil Wayne got all the weapons It takes to be great at this And he does it So You know The, the production is going to be top notch So the production is pretty solid But it's just not cohesive to me Okay It just don't feel cohesive to me uh, I don't feel really compelled i got to go back and listen Just to make myself listen And give it a good Whatever There's going to be songs I pull off of it And some of them I can't remember the name of them right now But the personal songs And even some of the fun songs I'll probably keep Kind of like I always have With Lil Wayne Because like little things Songs like From way back in the day Like Go DJ And songs like that Even songs from like His uh, Louisiana Mixtape I kept Because I feel like Lil Wayne bodied Like that song We Fly High On That Five Oh for shit New Orleans <laughs> yeah. Oh my god He killed that He killed that I want people to go back And go listen to Louisiana To me That is one of my favorite Lil Wayne mixtapes I know a lot of people are Like man what you talking about I'm talking about that Blah 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 I'm like but no I love that mixtape Because he actually Showed me something there Like yeah he did His normal money sex songs But he did things Like he talked about Hurricane Katrina He talked about this He talked about that He, he was doing something I was like damn if he did this on an album, shit, Lil Wayne may get his classic. But again, he did not. He hasn't done it. He's still doing more of the party side, more the braggadocious side. You know, being Wayne, um, street. You know, doing the street yeah. element. My favorite Lil Wayne was probably but. Black is Hot, Lil Wayne, and the first couple Carter albums. Yeah, those were my two favorite. Little Wayne eras, yeah, you know, and um, he, he just lost something at some point, hit. like like most MCs do. He lost something, yeah, and and that's yeah. Once you've been at it for so long, and then yeah, you gotta you think about something. it. So many rappers have adopted stuff from Gucci Mane and Lil Wayne. <laughs> like Gucci Mane and Lil Wayne, pretty much invented a lot of this crap that we got going on right now. Which Lil Wayne got a lot of his style. When he went Super Saiyan, yeah. that's what I call it. When when Lil Wayne stepped up his lyrical game around the Carter era yeah. uh-huh. is when he stepped up his lyrical game. When he did that, he rapped more like Jay-Z. Yeah, yeah. You could hear the Jay-Z in the style. Yeah, yeah. And so, and that and that's why they was always flirting with him signing with Jay-Z, which I really, to be funny, 
to be honest with you right now, I hope he avoids such a thing now and just stays young money. Cause yeah, stay young. young yeah, because I don't really need you. There's no benefit in going to a fucking vanity label like exactly. we just said. Yeah. And I just hope he finds his identity because I really feel like Wayne is a guy that could really take this thing and do it like 40 and them and just be Wayne forever and just kind of sell these type of albums. And I I just want him to get a street now. He needs to go get Fiend, you know, from that was with Cash Money. Not you know, Cash Money, but with uh, No Limit. No Limit. And man, my God. I don't they, see him doing that. Well, no, I'm just saying. It'd be dope. No, I'm not but saying not to, not, not to work that. together, but I mean just to kind of like that's why I say I think a lot of these artists just need consulting from because you got the skill. Like Wayne got everything you need. I'm just saying to like help you occasionally be a director and give you that full on like the stands are gonna say he's got a classic. I'm not gonna argue with them on that, but I'm just saying I think Wayne could do a mind blowing album that you would kind of put up there on your shelf and put the cover up there. You feel what I'm saying with his voice. And his background and all this other shit. Cause he did, he showed you a point on the album where he's talking about stuff with his mom and all this other shit. And I'm like, bruh, I don't want to say, I ain't saying every song gotta be sad like that or reflective like that. What I'm trying to say is, give me that other angle of the street. You know how Jay Z brings some kind of a personal identity to the streets and the, another situation with Wayne is what people don't realize is Wayne never was really he was in the street in the sense of a Hollywood dude in the streets because Cash Money had him when he was like 13 see what I'm saying okay so like oh at a, a young age a very young age so Cash Money had this dude as a very young age so I was like at what time was you in the bloods I think they had him even younger than that. That's what I'm trying to tell you. So this dude is a, I think Lil Wayne been rapping since like 94. You see what I'm saying so he was a child star Wayne was a child. He was star. a child porn star. Yes, and he made it. And he made it. <laughs> and that's very, that's very, that's very, um, <laughs> like you ask all these other child stars, they they don't. They're gone. But they Wayne, Wayne not only made it, but he became it. It. And so I, like I said, I give him all the credit in the world. But I got to give this album another listen because it's really not, it's not catching me. You see what I'm saying? And like I tell people, I'm I'm honest when it comes to this stuff. I'm not like a stand that's just so excited that it came out. In fact, when I like you, I'm even more critical on you. So you probably don't want me to like you. That's my thing. Like I tell people, if I like something, I'm far more critical. If I don't like something, I may be more fair. And that's what people don't understand about me. I may be more fair because I'm like I have nothing on it. So, you know, I I'm gonna give it another another couple listens. Try to sit with it. Probably sit with it this week. By the time we get back together, we'll give it a, uh, uh, another listen. But it's not catching me, and I'm only gonna grade it against Wayne. The same way when we did Bun B, I only graded Bun B against Bun B. I don't want to be like, okay, Bun B sounds like do to do to do, and he's doing it. No, I want to say, okay, I said that's the best. Uh, uh, the trio series that he's done that I've heard so far, mm-hmm. and like with this Wayne album. I don't think it overdoes some of those earlier Carters like that you said before. And of course, like I said, that, that one little Wayne mixtape, that's one of the Waynes that I keep. I know lines from that shit. I rap that shit to people all the time. But stuff he said was just like, wow. You know? Lil Wayne needs to get back to the essence. And that's the thing. That's that's the, the theme for most MCs that have been doing it for a long time. Most MCs that get long in the tooth. Eminem any MC that you really name that has been in the game for a long time, they lose their way. Yeah. 
they lose that love and they luster. they lose their way they lose the love and the luster and they lose it because not only do they lose their ear for what is hot but they also lose the hunger because they got all this money yeah the circumstances that created that album that hungry mc is gone are no more and then on top of that some you know of they them. write they write these lyrics and fucked up houses on a wobbly ass table and they don't know when the next meal is coming mm-hmm. and then when they write another album 10 years from now they're writing lyrics on a marble table in a beautiful home in front of a fucking smorgasbord of fucking food my, my point is Lil Wayne just like a lot of other rappers they need to return back to the essence of why they started rapping in the first place because they like it because they love it not for the money but to just be a raw motherfucker with lyrics Lil Wayne is at his best when he's showing motherfuckers he's the best rapper alive never believed he was the best rapper alive yeah but when he raps like he's the best rapper alive when he thinks when he has that chip on his shoulder I'm gonna spit these bars and punchlines and metaphors and one liners when he raps from that perspective for those people who wanna hear it that's when you get the best Lil Wayne, and that's when you get the best version of most MCs. That's one, what Lil Wayne needs to go back to. And one thing I'll say in closing is really like you got that the paradigm we're talking about is the artist. Wait a minute, you don't close this shit. Okay, yeah, yeah. I do. See, that's that's Professor Nasty. Which we got to talk about now. So I, one thing you'll we, say in closing, Fred, is yes. But we, I, I got a question <laughs> to ask you later. We may have to ask you this off the mic, but we'll talk about this later. Because it's like there's a question, Lawrence. Not Lawrence G, but there's something that was put out there. So we'll have to okay. talk about that later. Um, but yeah, like I, I was saying that I think the paradigm that you're talking about is the artist versus the entertainer paradigm. Like an artist, like you look at Scarface. Like Scarface says, like he feels like he's done just about everything. But as long as he has that fire in his belly that he still wants to write a rhyme, he still wants to do something, he'll do it. But he's kind of wants to just go away with his blues guitar and actually try his blues band thing for a while and just relax. Right. Um, then you got like De La Soul. They said the same thing. Like, you know, when, when I don't feel it no more, I don't want to do it no more. You know what I'm saying? And De La always comes clean every time they come. So they're artists. They're going to create as long as the, the taste and there's a fire in their belly to create. They're not looking for what's hot. They're looking for what they need to say. And I think that there's a, there's a group of artists that do that. They still got it. E-40 talks about that. They still got it because they still, they're in love still. I feel like some people... This was a job. This was a check. This, like you said, this was a way to get out the hood. And when there's a way to get out the hood, there's only many, so many times you can do that formula. And then you, the formula runs out, and you're just tired of it. You don't want to do it no more. Rappers get and complacent, that, just yeah, like exactly. you and I do at our jobs. Or some people yep. may get complacent at their jobs. Um, rappers do too. It's yeah. a job. It's it, a, becomes it becomes a, a job. strenuous fucking job. But if you are and like you phone shit in, yeah. But if you become a, if you're an artist to the core, like Jack Kirby was with comic books and stuff, who used to pretty much every day until he just got sick and couldn't do it no more, he would get up, he would go downstairs at twelve and wouldn't leave that drawing board to four a.m. See what I'm saying? Might take lunch breaks and bathroom breaks, but other than that, he was down there like his wife said. He just about every day he was doing it, and so that's love. That's some. There's a love in that. You know what I'm saying? Yes, you got to pay your bills and stuff, And he, but he was hella prolific. 
And he was hella prolific for a reason. And I think a lot of people don't understand that. Like a lot of people, when you're an entertainer, when you get to that point, you just pretty much saying, what do they want? But when you're an artist, you're pretty much answering the question, this is what I wanted to see. This is what I felt like. This is what I wanted to express. This is what I wanted to see. This is an idea I wanted to see to fruition. And you're going to do that whether there's only you and me listening and you're going to do that if the whole world is listening. Like the artist is the person that turns around and, and you know, just hands something to you and says, you're welcome and walks away. The entertainer is like, he, he says, what do you want to hear? I can do lots of tricks. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. I can do whatever you need me to do. I make you feel good. But, uh, you know, other than that. <laughs> me love you a long time. So, bunga bunga. Bunga bunga. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, man, Lil Wayne needs to return back to yeah. the essence. But we'll and he might have, he might have. You you listened to the album two times. You haven't had an opportunity to sit with it. Yeah, but I it, haven't it listened to the album at all. But I, and it might hit you. I think too, and it, and it, it might hit me. Maybe, maybe not. But I yeah. think after two times of you listening to it, Fred, I think that's a good indication of what his album is. Yeah, and I, and I, I, like I said, I, it's not bad. It's two, not, it's two, good, two skim throughs yeah. of Fred Free should equal one listen. Yes. For the average mind. Yeah. So I, I think two of your skim throughs can give us a good feel of what he's doing on his album. And I think it's, I mean, it's a solid album, but it's just not something that. And I'm gonna pull songs off of it, like I told you, and I'm gonna keep them. With the rest of the songs, I like you know if that's what I do. I'm just like, happy he put some shit out. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm, well, after this whole debacle that happened with, um, you know, Cash Money, and I'm glad that he got his money right. And I really think, in a way, if you can hear it on the album, that he really misses Manny, Manny Fresh. Yeah. And I really wish, man. I'm like, damn. If Manny, I don't know, like y'all were talking about y'all was doing stuff together, like could y'all do that? I don't know what Manny at. And Manny is like a he's he's a fun dude. I he actually met Manny dude. Fresh. I got I got He's a, a jolly fat motherfucker. Yeah, I love it. Man, Manny Fresh is a cool dude. We, like I met him here at an event. He's been a cool dude. That dude's nice. He's, he's a nice dude. I, I, I ain't fresh, not like we Fresh. Like, fresh. Yeah, he, he, man, that dude did it, boy. And he DJ'd the hell out of that event. So I gotta say thank you, man. Yeah, man. He he like boy, you the boy he like the guy folk in trouble, boy. You rough. <laughs> like they got we go like they got bitches pregnant, got, niggas head bust, yeah. and motherfuckers robbed. Exactly. The spectacular Manny Fresh. Exactly. I'm gonna leave that alone, Manny. And this has been another fun-filled episode of the Grown Ass Man Hip Hop Show. Another great episode with my with my brethren, yes, Frederick yes. Freeze. Yes. As we dap it up in closing, grown folks, come back, enjoy. We out this this is a fourth coast media production fourth coast